The text for the sermon this day is taken from the Old Testament reading, which was heard earlier. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A long, long time ago, in a land far away, there was a princess. And that princess one day was strolling through the garden when she came upon a tree in the midst of it. Standing beside the tree was a dragon. And the dragon was cunning and deceiving. He knew exactly the words to say to get you to do whatever he desired. And so he asked, my dear princess, did your master tell you you may eat of any tree in the garden? And she said, why, yes, we could eat of any tree in the garden except for this one in the middle. Because in the day that we touch it, we will die. You won't die, silly girl. He knows that if you take of it, you will become like him. You will be able to decide for yourself what is right and what is wrong. You will be your own master. And so the woman looked at the, looked at the tree, looked at the fruit, saw that it looked tempting. And so she took it. She took that pomegranate and she chewed into it. And it tasted delicious. But here's, but at this point you expect that at this moment that a, a valiant prince would come marching in on a horse to save her. You would expect some heroic act. But the problem was is that the prince was standing right next to her. He didn't speak up. He didn't knock the fruit out of her hand to stop her from eating it. He was being seduced by the dragon all the same. So when she handed the fruit to him, there was no fight, no conflict. He ate it as well. And it was as they ate of it, they noticed something. They were naked. Now, you want, might wonder, why weren't they wearing clothes? Well, there was, at this time, it never was too cold. It was never too hot. You never had to worry about animals attacking you and biting you. You didn't have to worry about a sword or any type of things to harm you. There was no need for clothes. But when their eyes were open, they looked at their bodies, bodies that the master had crafted with his hands. And they were ashamed. They were, they, and so the first thing they did is they went to find fig leaves, which if you've ever seen fig leaves, they're tiny. They went to find some fig leaves to cover themselves up and hide from their master who was all seeing, which is kind of, which makes it silly to hide. When he finally confronted them, he asked the question, 
Did you eat that fruit which I told you not to eat? And the prince, not so valiant, said, This woman whom you gave me, she gave me the fruit, and yeah, I ate it. You notice that? The very first, when he was all alone, he had no companionship. God gifted him, the, the master gifted him this princess. And yet, at this moment, he resented her very existence. And he resented the master for giving him this princess. And so, the prom, the, and then it was revealed that the lie, uh, the, the tale of the dragon was a half-truth. He said that they wouldn't die. What he meant was they wouldn't die the minute they ate of it. And he, knew, and he was right. Like a good politician, he told a half-truth. Because the other half of it he knew. That he, that they would eventually die. The minute they partook of that fruit, their bodies began to decay. And so sickness would enter into the world. The very first death, when death was but a concept, would be one of their sons murdering the other. And death would pass through generation to generation all the way to you. As you notice, this tale I talk about a princess and a dragon, unlike most fairy tales about princesses and dragons, which, I don't know if you notice it, there are a lot of stories about damsels in distress. And they go back into pretty ancient times. But the difference is, is this particular one is a true one. This one is the one that is historical, that actually happened. This is the one that happened involving your very first parents. And yes, if you were to read the Hebrew language, the word that's translated usually as serpent might be more accurately translated as dragon. But the thing is, is that what happened in the garden is the reason why there are so many stories about damsels in distress. Because ultimately in that garden, we saw a whole lot of failure. We saw, as, we saw that they wanted to become God. They wanted to be their own masters. And it's an idea that passes to us. Romans 5.12, which we heard earlier, it says, Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. The sin that they have brought into the world, we have inherited it. We, too, hate the idea that we are not our own master. In fact, in our age, that is our desire. That seems to be our goal. And any reminder that we are not our own master, we fight and rebel against it as much as we can. 
How often we tell people, follow your heart. Do what feels right to you. That was exactly what the woman did. That's exactly what Eve did. She followed her heart. She followed her desires, even though it was contrary to what God had said. And that is pretty much the mantra of our culture. Follow your heart. What you believe in your heart, that is real truth, we are told. We decide our truth for ourselves, our culture. And every single one of us, to some degree, does it. So you know what? That may not be right to you, but it's right to me, and you can't tell me any different. Even if, if Scripture itself says differently. And this, is, this even happens in churches. I hear plenty of stories of Instances in congregations where conflict arose. And when the clear scriptures were brought forth, they said, we don't agree with that. That's in Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregations. That's their council that said that. Not here, fortunately, but I've heard it multiple times. We want our own truth. But even more, we have this ongoing tension between men and women. Men and women were created to be in harmony with one another. And yet, it is the very, one of the most common conflicts. You don't have to be married to have this conflict. It exists from childhood. Boys versus girls, men versus women. For ages, women have been told that their voice doesn't, that they can't speak. And by the way, whenever the scriptures talk about women keeping silent, it's not literally meaning women can't talk, but it means that the man, ultimately her husband, is the head of the house, but does not mean that she can't have a voice. But I, the interesting thing is in our current age, if you look on social media and you listen to the way that many are talking, it is now that men are being told to be silent. They'll say, oh, you're just a man. That's why you think what you think. Automatically invalidating everything he says. <clears throat> Do you notice in the garden, the very reason why we got into the problem we are in is because a man, the man did not speak. He was silent. He stood there while the whole thing happened. See, his wife was in danger from a dragon. And he was giving her a, a meal that would kill her. And he did nothing. He was her prince. And he did nothing. That is why so many stories are about the damsel in distress. It's because it's a lesson to boys. Now, statistically, many people don't realize this is hard to swallow, but statistically, your average man in your av is faster and stronger than your average woman. That is 
statistically verify very easily. To give you an example of this, for the 100-meter dash, the fastest woman in the world would not be fast enough for the top 10 high school boys in the state of Iowa. And by the way, you could do that with literally every state in the country. That means there are at least 500 high school boys that have been faster at the 100 meter than the fastest woman in the world. Now, there are certainly women that are faster than some men. And when you get to a certain point, men and women are pretty equal because they're both probably using walkers. But on average, men are stronger and faster. The down, but the, the wicked thing that has happened in our world is men have actually used that strength against women to bring harm. When in fact it was given to man to, be, to defend women, to protect them. The reason there are so many stories is because the first man failed to do that. And it's a lesson to every man to, do, to not repeat the act of their father. And by the way, it's not just when a bullet comes, is coming at them. It means a life of sacrifice. Not just in one moment, but the entire life. And men are so ready to either set it aside or to abuse it. And women are so ready to shut it down, to refuse it. We carry the same sin of our parents. But you see, there was another story, another moment with that dragon. We get to see it in, this, in our gospel lesson. He confronted the better prince, the prince of peace. He said... If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall, live not, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, the devil said, The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Which, by the way, this is a good reminder why you need to know Bible verses. Because notice, the devil quoted Scripture. He didn't use anything going on around Scripture. He just quoted that one verse. Because if you read the rest of the psalm, you'd read it's about how Jesus would defeat the devil. But Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, 
You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. See, this prince, he spoke up to the devil, and in the form of scripture basically said, shut your pie hole, devil. And the devil obeyed, and he left. But in time, the devil would have this prince be loud, lead it so that that prince would be crucified. And he thought he would have the last laugh. But that prince would rise from the grave. And it is indeed by his death on the cross. When he is hanging on that cross, they drove that spear into his heart. And out from it came water, pointing to baptism, by which he is united to his princess. Out came blood, which points to the supper, where they celebrate the marriage feast with him and his princess. And death could not hold him down. He rose victoriously from that grave, so that just as sin came from one man's disobedience, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. You are made righteous. You are the bride. The church is that princess. And that's the other reason for the damsel in distress. Every single one of us are born damsels in distress. Being held captive by the devil. Desiring to drag us down to his hell. And our prince, our king of kings, lord of lords, through the blood shed on the cross, through the waters of baptism, guaranteed in the Lord's Supper, he saves us, rescues us from all peril, so that way we may stand, look at the devil, and as he wags his finger and tells us, you poor wretched man or woman, Look at what you said. Look at what you've done. You don't deserve anything from God. And you just say, you are right. I deserve nothing. But nonetheless, I know my prince, my king of kings, my lord of lords has indeed rescued me by the power of the cross. And you have no hold on me. In him, I rest secure. He is my shield. He is our fortress. Until the day comes, we enter into his kingdom. To him be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand. Thank you.